Hello, my name is Don English, Director of Children Deserve Success and Executive Director of the San Bernardino Countywide Gangs and Drugs Task Force. And I want to welcome you to our Children Deserve Success podcast. Monthly, we will be sending out these recordings regarding all things related to child welfare and attendance, school attendance review board, foster youth services, McKinney Vento homeless programs in our county, and the San Bernardino Countywide Gangs and Drugs Task Force. This month's focus will be an interview with Preciosa Hernandez, a.k.a. Precious. She is a Chapman University graduate, a McKinney, former McKinney-Vento youth, high school graduate of Montclair High School with the Chafee Joint Union High School District, and a give-back scholar, student, and scholarship recipient. Precious, thank you so much for being here today. Tell us a little bit about you and where you recently graduated from. Well, I recently graduated from Chapman University in Orange, California with a degree in Integrated Educational Studies and a minor in Mathematics. My goal has always been to be um, some sort of secondary STEM, whether that be science or math teacher. Uh, to not only work with youth in general, but to hopefully identify youth that went under the radar like myself all four years of high school. I was considered an unaccompanied youth. I just didn't know until like my senior year. Wow, that's phenomenal. You know, we um, we talked a little bit earlier prior to the recording about uh, just the need for uh, people in general and young people in particular uh, to matriculate into education as teachers. So that's really encouraging to hear you say that. Tell me a little bit more about your educational journey and how you ended up at Chapman University. Um, Well, first things first, school was always something that was really important to my family, and they had always encouraged me to do well in school and pursue higher education uh, because that would just be the way to, like, make it out, essentially, or just, like, make a better living for myself. Um, my freshman year of high school, that's when I became unaccompanied, and that was still something very, like, in me. School was super important to me then and always, and so I just continue to do as best as I can, despite the different circumstances I was in. However, my senior year, uh, fall semester of high school, like a week before finals, I had just gotten kicked out of where I was living at the time. And that was my last straw. I can remember that day like so clearly. I was in class. I was texting the person I was living with at the time. They were telling me I was getting kicked out. And my avid teacher comes up to me and she says, hey, kiddo, like put your phone away. No texting in class. And I just remember like looking up at her and saying like, well, I'm getting kicked out right now. And she had like vaguely knew my story and stuff. And so she kind of just like took us outside of the classroom and I remember very clearly that day telling her, I don't remember everything, but the one thing I do remember telling her is like, I'm done, I'm just gonna drop out of high school. And she just refused. (laughs) She's like, all four years, you've put in all this work, you were a great student, like just, just hold on a little longer. And, you know, hopefully something's gonna work out, right? And I didn't know about give back at this point. I didn't know anything really. I hadn't had any scholarships. I hadn't been accepted to any colleges yet at this point. So it was truly just kind of, or it was my breaking point. Um, but luckily she encouraged me to just like hold on a little longer and I did. And then I, you know, I got a full ride scholarship with Give Something Back to um, 
Chapman University in Orange, California, and that's pretty much how I got there. Wow. What what uh, what made you decide to major in, in, in your course of study? So first things first, I actually went in as a mathematics major um, and was going to minor in education. Uh, but with the COVID pandemic, um, I was not doing well in my math courses or I just wasn't as motivated to attend those classes online compared to my mm-hmm. education courses. Mm-hmm. And so that to me was an indication that I needed to make the switch to focus on education instead. Um, I am more people oriented and I do want to work with youth. And so I think it would have been it was better to major in education compared to math. Yeah. Um, I still would like to be a high school math teacher or some sort of secondary uh, teacher. I just know that working with youth is where I want to be. So that's why I chose to major in education. That's great. So you can do both of those loves. You can work <laughs> with kids and you can also do a little math. Exactly. So while you were in school, um, tell me uh, if there's been an adult that made a difference in your life that helped you in overcoming or persevering through adversities. And I know I know you talked about your teacher at that time during that instance. Was there anyone else or any other adults who really helped you? Well, that was the day that I actually met Lena Suliafu here in uh, your office. Um, and I, again, I knew nothing about the services that were offered to me as a McKinney no unaccompanied youth or anything like that. And so she really just took me under her wing. And I remember one of my interactions with her, she just kind of looked at me and she's like, do you need a new pair of shoes? And I was like, what? No. And she's like, what's your shoe size? And, and I didn't answer. And she's like, then you need a new pair of shoes, indicating like it had been so long since I had gone to lost my last pair of shoes or whatever. Right. So definitely Lena. And I would give a huge shout out to everybody else here in this office too. They definitely helped me get a bunch of different scholarships um, to help me pursue my education or pursue my, you know, hopes of obtaining a higher education. Um, And then in general, just like my family, um, my aunt was a huge supporter. And um, when my parents were not taking care of my brothers and I, she really stepped in and took us under her care. And so that really helped me get through high school. Wow, that's a blessing. I I can what your your story resonates with me because I kind of grew up in a similar situation, um, and um, you know you always need someone to help you no matter exactly. what your circumstance or background. Both in high school and at your university, were you involved with any activities in your school, uh, be it sports clubs, avid mentoring, or leadership? And if so, how did that make a difference to you in your education? So in high school, I was in the AVID program, um, and that, well, like I said earlier, my high school AVID teacher is the one who found me, or not found me, but I was getting kicked out of my living situation at the time, and she really was the one that, like, took me outside and was like, hey, don't give up yet. (laughs) Um, And then in college, I wasn't as involved as I would like to be, but I did really take advantage of all the courses that they offered in my education majors because it's such a unique class. Like, we do um, a lot of theory-based, but backed by evidence, like, learning curriculum and pedagogy and stuff like that. So I really took advantage of that in hopes of applying that to my future courses. And I I think that's really helped me heal my inner child and heal my inner self a lot, Um, you know, because I was able to look at these courses and say, okay, like, I'm going to take this knowledge that I have now and apply it to my future classrooms and, again, hopefully help students that are flying under the radar just like I did myself. Precious, was there a turning point in your education for you? Some event that was a make-or-break moment for you. 
How did you get through that, and what made you realize how important a diploma is for you? Um, well, I would definitely like to revisit the day that I was getting kicked out of where I was living at the time, my high school year, or my high school senior year. Um, as I mentioned earlier, that was just, that was it for me. I was ready to drop out of high school and just go straight into the workforce um, and just move home in San Bernardino with my family who would take me in. Mm-hmm. Um, but my teacher at the time really, really encouraged me not to. I think I think something that I thought about later on, which she was really trying to tell me is like, I'm tired right now, but I'm going to be tired for the rest of my life if I do this, right? Because I would be working, you know, not to diss minimum wage jobs or anything like that, but I would be working minimum wage jobs for the rest of my life without a high school diploma or without a college degree. And so her really pushing me to obtain both those things was really, really important. Um, And then in my college life, I had this mentor at Chapman University who really helped me also just get through it being a first generation, low income Latina student in one of the most like richest schools ever. It's like $80,000 a school year to go there. It was definitely a really hard experience, right? My classmates were going to Europe for fun for the summer vacation, and I'm over here working at a movie theater, right? So definitely a different experience. Um, But I would say having those two people really, really show me that one day that could be me. One day I could be the person going to Europe for fun or, you know, just simply having a degree to not have to be tired for the rest of my life working minimum wage jobs. Like those were two big turning points for me. That's so important to understand. You know, I taught at Promise Youth for 20 years almost. And one of the things that I will always want to impress upon them was exactly what you said. You can work hard now mm-hmm. or you can work hard later. And so I just see you as an advocate for kids. You Absolutely. know, I, I I see you growing into that and I've seen you and known you and, and just really having the opportunity to sit down with you is super important because I think that your lens and how you view things is something that kids will gravitate towards and um, will be um, really, really helped by. Um, so, What is something you wish you could tell yourself or others as a freshman in high school? Hmm. Honestly, just do the work. I know it sounds simple and sometimes it's not. You have a lot of stuff going on or, you know, whatever your situation is, it might be difficult. Um, But take advantage of all the resources that people give you and ask for help when you need it. That was something that was really hard for me. Again, I wasn't identified as an unaccompanied youth until my senior year of high school when I should have been receiving the Mm -hmm. services and benefits from like, you know, McKinney-Vinnow Act since my freshman year of high school. Right. Um, So there's a stigma around homelessness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And McKinney-Vinnow, as you all know, is more than just being, you know, like street youth. It's being doubled up. It's being um, unaccompanied. Like there's so many like sub branches of being identified as a homeless youth. Um, So ask for help. Yes, the stigma is there. But I think once you're connected with the right people, it makes that experience so much easier. I struggled all four years and I, you know, was thinking about how to get from 
near Chafee High School to Montclair High School. Like I would take the bus at five in the morning kind of mm -hmm. a thing, right? Um, and all along there was ways to get bus passes for free, right? right? right. But I didn't right. know. Right. So I think really doing the work, first of all, just to make sure that you graduate on time and not have to like repeat courses and also asking for help you know, even if it's as simple as just like opening up to your teacher a little here and there, because that's how it happened for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it took four years, but eventually I got the resources I needed to finish out high school um, successfully. So I really want to emphasize like reaching out for help if you can to any trusted adult within the, you know, educators loosely. Right. So it could be your coaches, your front office uh, people, your teachers themselves, anybody that works in the schools that can help you. That's great advice. You know, I try to use that in my professional life is this, you know, um, people say that um, that I get others to do my work. <laughs> but that is not the case. The fact of the matter is, yes, I ask for help <clears throat> because I have the opportunity to be around experts. Exactly. And so if they're an expert at what they're doing and I'm not, why would I take exactly. on that endeavor? And then number two is something you said that's really important. You know, oftentimes we struggle in situations that we don't have to. Exactly. And it's because, you know, pride and sometimes we could be embarrassed, et cetera. But your answer is just magnificent because I think that's part of it is that, one, our kids who need help and community members don't get it because they're afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. And then also they just don't know mm -hmm. that help is there for them. What is something you wish educators could understand when working at Promise, with At Promise students? And is there anything you wish that you would have known that would have made a difference to you? And you talked about those resources, but is there anything else um, that, and I'm going to shift this question. Is there anything that you would like to pass on to youth who may be experiencing uh, homelessness um, that could help them, you think? So my senior thesis was actually uh, regarding homeless youth in secondary education. Yeah, I'm, my professor told me to just take something I'm really passionate about and learn more about it. And so I did. And what the literature suggests and like my findings show is a lot of educators, you know, maybe this is a little dated, but a lot of educators don't know what homeless or what constitutes a homeless youth and therefore don't know how to help them. Um, or if a student were to come up and say, oh, you know, I have a bunch of families living in my home or, oh, mom and dad aren't around, but I'm living with auntie. They don't know that that's a McKinney-Vinnow youth or they qualify for any McKinney-Vinnow like resources. Um, so if there's anything I can suggest for educators, and that's what my senior thesis found, was to learn about, you know, the, the law itself and who can, you know, get support from that law. Because if you so happen to just overhear a student say, I'm living with this family and this family, or I'm couch surfing, or whatever the situation may be, they're a, you know, now they have this knowledge of, okay, this student may not know that they need help, but I know that they need help, and they can put them in the like correct contact, whether that be with the homeless liaisons for the district or just any office personnel that can help. Um, or just this county, <laughs> this right. county job in general, right? Um, and then I'm so so that would be my advice for educators. My advice for homeless youth. Again, there's a huge stigma around it. And I understand how shameful it can be. 
I know one of the reasons I didn't come forward about my situation a lot sooner is because my parents were immigrants. And so I felt like if I were to expose what was happening in my life, that I would send them, you know, back to their country. Um, and that was something, first of all, that wasn't going to happen, right? But second, like that was something that kept me from getting the resources I need. And I would say, you know, just reach out to somebody you can trust, right? Um, even if that is just your teacher and then your teacher starts asking questions, right? Anybody you can talk to that you feel safe enough to disclose your situation to, that is 100% something I recommend doing. Um, and then anything different I'd like to see, mm, I guess just education all around being, or educators and people being more informed, not only of like McKinney Vino itself, like the law, um, but different programs that can help these homeless youth. I think being, I think community is, you know, that saying where it takes a village to raise a child, mm -hmm. community and community resources, whether that be knowing where the homeless shelters are or knowing of different programs that can help students buy new shoes or get new clothes or, you know, school supplies, food, whatever, the, whatever resource that the student needs, schools and districts and just anybody that works with children being more aware of the different, you know, nonprofits or organizations that service these youth, be, having the knowledge of what they do, where they are, so that way they can direct youth into that mm -hmm. direction. That was another thing that my thesis found. You know, that's a huge part of what we do here, as mm -hmm. you know. And so our job really is to, one, train liaisons for all 33 districts mm -hmm. and our charters in our county as it relates to McKinney-Vento law, right? But then the other piece, you hit it on the head, is resources. Mm -hmm. So I think that's vital. Um, we have to get you an education, Precious, <laughs> because uh, we need people like you um, who have experienced uh, certain things, um, that can relate to students who are going through that. But then also on the other end, are able, you're able to balance the fact that educators simply don't know. A lot exactly. don't know, particularly classroom teachers. Exactly. Um, and so I didn't know that as a young teacher. I didn't know where the resources were. Mm -hmm. And I had kids who came to school without shoes, et cetera, that I dealt with. So I thank you so much for, for just being here today. I thank you so much for providing uh, our listeners with the lens that you view uh, this uh this situation through. And then again, I want to thank you in advance for becoming a teacher, a math teacher, and leading <laughs> our kids <laughs> to matriculate into to, uh, adulthood and be successful. So thank you so much. So I know that, you know, I've kind of spoken to existence what you're going to do next, but do you have any other plans after graduation? Well, as of right now, I'm hoping to work with Give Something Back, which I know is a program you guys work closely with. Um, to act as a mentor, that's another thing that my research found for my senior thesis is that a lot of at-promise youth need some sort of consistency in their life. Um, and if that's just somebody showing up every month and saying, how are you doing? It, it can make all the difference in whether or not they complete high school or they pursue higher education or any other post-secondary pathway that might be available to them, right? So I definitely would love to, no matter where I go, whether that be in a classroom teaching mathematics or with give back, I want to take 
you know, my experience, make a difference, first of all, but second, make a difference in somebody else's life. I want to look at the warning signs that I was probably giving off that, right? I have that unique perspective, Mm -hmm. that unique knowledge of being able to maybe identify people who are hiding or who are shameful about what they're going through. And so wherever life takes me, whether that be with Give Back or in a classroom, I definitely want to take all the knowledge and experience I've had as an individual and work with that Promise Youth. So people like you encourage me to continue. (laughs) in education. Thank you for listening. We hope you find this information valuable. If you have any topics or questions that you would like addressed, please email them directly to cwa at sbcss.net. As always, we hope you stay well and continue to transform lives through education.